0: Hello and welcome to Our Netball Family, the official podcast brought to you by World Netball, the sole international governing body for netball. I'm Sophie Reynolds and each episode I'm going to be speaking to a different member of Our Netball Family to find out more about the role they play on and off the courts in helping World Netball achieve its three core strategies to grow, to play, and to inspire. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also visit our website at www.netball.sport for more netball news. Now, let's introduce today's guest. this episode, I'm joined by World Netball President Liz Nicol CBE. Liz was elected as World Netball President at the 2019 Congress in Liverpool and prior to that was CEO of UK Sports from 2010 until 2019. This has also played netball internationally for Wales and been CEO of England Netball. She's received many awards for her services to sport, including being awarded a CBE in 2015. Join Liz and I as we discuss her journey in netball, both as a player and as an administrator. We talk about her aspirations for netball and I ask what advice she would give someone wanting to start a career in sports administration and governance. Welcome to Our Netball Family, Liz Nickel. Hi Liz, thank you for joining me for the first episode of Our Netball Family.
1: How are you? I'm good this morning. Thank you. And I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad to have this opportunity to have a chat and, uh, and to share some of my experiences. That's great. Thank you for
0: joining us. So, as you know, through this podcast, we hope to inspire more people to get involved in our sport, whether that's through an administration role or officiating, coaching, volunteering, playing. The list, as you know, is endless. So There's so many roles that make our netball family what it is. And how we hope to start each episode is by asking our guests where their netball journey began. So for you, when were you first introduced to netball?
1: Um, well, I guess my netball journey really began at home in Barry in South Wales. Uh, you know, I didn't know the sport, but I, I grew up playing football and cricket with my brothers. So I developed ball handling skills at a very early stage. I wasn't aware of netball till I went to a senior school in Cardiff. So at the age of 11. Uh, but I could immediately see that my ball handling skills were transferable and that I felt then that I could enjoy this sport and I might even be I might even be good at it um, uh, and, and 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 then um, what was quite significant is that in my first year a group of us had the opportunity to go to see Wales play netball in an international match um, because our wow. PE teacher um, Pat Willetts her name was Uh, was playing I think she was playing goal attack or goal shooter Uh, and it really opened my eyes to the sport at a new level so that was a you know I said right at the age of 11 I thought yeah this is I I like this sport this is a sport for me. That's brilliant
0: and were there many opportunities for you to play you said that it wasn't until you were 11 and starting your secondary school that you sort of were first opened to it was that because of your PE teacher that those first opportunities arose for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at junior school, I mean, junior school when when I was in junior school, um, you know, all the sporting competition was uh, provided for the boys, and, and and my father was a school teacher, and he he supported that for the boys, but there was nothing similar for the girls. There were no team sports um, available, opportunities available for the girls. So so this was um, absolutely amazing, and I, you know, and so I soon got into playing occasional school matches after school or at weekends. Uh, and uh, with a friend, I joined a youth club in Cardiff, an after-school youth club, and we represented the youth club as well. Um, I mean, both those were a train journey away from my home, um, uh, but but it was all it was all manageable. Um, and then, you know, over that time, I was selected for Cardiff Schoolgirls, probably by the age of sort of I don't know, thirteen or fourteen, and South Wales Schoolgirls uh, at, a, at a later stage. So, um, so it was it was my sport, and uh, and 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 I loved it um, right from the start.
0: And you said you went to watch Wales, and then you obviously then went on to play internationally for Wales for six years, and and in two world championships. Yeah. How was that experience for you, from watching your PE teacher, where the journey began, to then having that opportunity to take it to the next level?
1: Well, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, by that time, I'd actually gone on to university and I was playing in British universities netball teams. I was I was captaining the British University's netball team as well. Um, but, uh, it, you know, the, the chance to go to a world championship, as it was then called, was absolutely amazing. You know, I was from, from a family of seven, so we never afforded to travel internationally. And here I was en route to New Zealand. You know, we all had to help fundraise to cover the costs. And, uh, you know, for part of it, we were billeted on arrival with some families uh, before moving into the university accommodation. But this that was my first real view of sport at an international level. Uh, And I felt really privileged to be part of part of that group.
0: What an unbelievable experience. You said obviously you had to fundraise and you were at university at the time (laughs) in Nottingham, I believe. So what challenges did that bring? Balancing both the education and playing internationally, because I'm sure there's lots of young players that might be listening, that might be trying to balance their education and sport at the same time. And at an international level, that's obviously the highest level. But what challenges does that bring for you?
1: Yeah, I think the demands on young players now are far greater than they were when I was a young player. But it was challenging. I was studying chemistry, I had a pretty heavy workload. lectures and lab work and you can't you know you, you can't reorganize lab work uh, but I just um loved every moment of the of of the opportunity to compete in netball and and Wales netball training focused on a few weekends pre prior to every international match so there was a pattern to it that I could um you know have clear in my mind and then there was an awful lot of individual personal training that each one of us had to do um but, but, uh, but, but during that time when I was um, at university, I had uh, access to a fantastic coach who's Sue Campbell. She was the British University's netball coach at the time. Um, and so I had the Welsh coach and I also had the British University's coach giving me some great advice. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those, but the opportunities to play in a world championship are just amazing. You know? so, and two you know fantastic places, New Zealand, in, in 75 and, uh, and Trinidad in, in 79. They were just just amazing opportunities.
0: Yeah, and you spoke there about Sue Campbell. Was she one of like, the key role models for you, would you say? And how important are having role models?
1: Oh, Sue was absolutely a, a, a role model. I was so lucky. Um, yeah, you know, I went to Nottingham University. She had, her parents happened to live in Nottingham. Um, so she was local. Um, and, um, and then as British University's coach, I got to know her incredibly well. Um, and uh, she was definitely a role model. She worked. Um, she had worked as a PE teacher initially, then she'd worked for sports councils. Um, and so she knew the sports industry. and and the particular point at which Sue as a as a mentor was really helpful for me are the points of when uh, I was trying to move from chemistry into sport because I always wanted to work in sport um but I didn't want to be a PE teacher which is why I went to university and not to uh, you know a PE training college um I didn't want to be a teacher because my father and four of my six brothers and sisters were teachers and I wanted to be <laughs> different <laughs> um so um so so uh, after my chemistry degree Sue pointed me towards a new course at Loughborough um uh, which was a recreation management course so it was a uh, you know, it's very new, it uh, was only the second year into it, um, and that was just perfect for me, I was a graduate, I had a sporting background, I wanted to get into the industry, and this was going to be a year of concentrated um, education for me to understand the sporting industry, um, so I'll, I'll forever be grateful for Sue pointing me towards that qualification, um, because that opened lots of doors for me in, in, my, in my early stage of my career.
0: Yeah, and as you said, you then went on to work in the sport industry, and you were CEO of England Netball. How was that experience making that transition from doing chemistry to then going to Loughborough um, and doing your degree in recreation management? And how was all of that experience for you into working in the sport industry and seeing it from the other side? I guess from being a player to then working on the other side of the game.
1: Well, um, I had a had a had a really. Uh, uh... Really fantastic route through. So my very first job in the sports industry when I left Loughborough was working for an organization which has got a long um name, the Women's Intervarsity Athletic Board, which was a, a, a precursor, uh, women's focused inter-university competition um in 16 sports across 40 universities. A pre- it's 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 part of what is now. The the, you know, the the whole of the university sectors come together as one. But there, in those early years, there was a men's organization and a women's organization. So I became the first general secretary of this women's organization and it's only employee. Um, so in, that gave me a fantastic learning opportunity to set up its first office, to employ a small team, to learn how to be a leader. Um, and that role put me in contact with lots of governing bodies, multiple governing bodies of sport because I could attend national conferences um, and um, uh, and I have to say, in those early years, I made a point at those national conferences of asking one significant question to make my presence known. Um, and uh, I think that was very helpful in terms of raising the profile of the organization but but my, but mine as well. Um, so, so, what, sorry, what was your question that you asked? Oh, I can't. I can't. No, they were annual conferences. So it okay. all, I, I can't remember which question it was. But, just always but, making sure you ask the question. I, I sat there throughout quite a lot of them thinking I got to ask a question. I to ask a question. I got to find a <laughs> find, find, formulate it. So it's not it's you know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting one for everybody. So um, but yes, I, I gave myself that task. Um, so then I went on to become the CEO of England Netball. Um, because actually, the the, the university organisations had merged as one organisation, and whereas I'd been the leader of the women's organisation, I was off the number two job in the joint organisation, and I didn't particularly want to be the number two then. I'd quite enjoyed being number one, so I said, no, "Thank you very much. I'll take my chances." And and just I I will ever be grateful at this point in time to a, a, a volunteer, an England netball volunteer called Brian Worrell. Who pointed me towards a very tiny advert in the Telegraph newspaper? There was no social media at the time. I would never have seen that advert um, for, for to be the first, or what they call then, the director of England Netball. Um, and I applied for it, and I got that job. And uh, it was just, you know, an amazing opportunity to be a leader in a sport that that I love. Um, so um, that was that was that was that was fantastic. And I had some great. People in that organisation that provided me with invaluable support during my early years there.
0: And how important would you say the networking element of that was? Because it sounds like from every connection you made, another opportunity mm-hmm. arose. So how much would you say to people who maybe are listening that want to get into administration and governance, or or anything really? How important is that networking and putting yourself
1: out there? I, I think the most important thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't don't be afraid to approach people. You know, I I, I haven't come across anybody that's actually sort of said, you know, go away. I don't want to don't want to talk about it. So so I was I think I was quite bold in actually uh, being prepared to go to people to say, I think I need some advice and help on this. What would you do in these circumstances? So so when I was first with England Netball, we had an amazing president, um, uh, a woman called Annette Cairncross. She also worked for the multi-sport organisation uh, as, as a senior administrator, so she had a broad perspective as well. And so I learned a lot from her, um, and uh, she had a wealth of experience that I could I could draw on. Uh, and 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 what I found then is because I was actually, I suppose, uh, uh, listening to advice, taking advice. Then I, I I what I was doing was was building trust in me. Within the organization. So I grew as the organization grew. Um, so, and that's so, you no, know, I was lucky to have had these two sort of safe environments as a young woman leader to develop my skills with support around me from other experienced women. Um, and uh, and that, that definitely shaped my career.
0: Yeah. And you say you wanted to be number one, you 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 had that taste of it and you wanted to be a leader. What what drove you towards those positions and what do you think are your highest, like best leadership skills that you learned from your time at England Netball?
1: Um, well, I just I just enjoyed I just enjoyed being in charge. I just enjoyed being a decision maker. Um and I enjoyed supporting others in those in those early years I had very small teams, um, but we definitely and because we were small teams, we were able to work as a team, and um, and, and uh, yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. So, in terms of what I was learning, I, I think I learnt. I thought I can verbalise what I learnt most in my later stages of my career because I, I learnt the difference between leadership and management when I was in was in charge of a bigger team, um, and it's it's too easy when you're in a position of responsibility to focus on doing. Um, and uh, you know, and, ha- and, and, the, and and what I also learned, and this through the through the netball experience, I learned this as well, is having a clear strategy and aligning all your human and financial resources behind that um, is really powerful, and you'll achieve more if you're working as a collective behind that. Um, and I, I think I learned as I say later on in my career, as a leader, you deliver through others. So spending time getting to know, your people is a top priority you know who they are beyond the job they do Uh, it's time it's time well spent Um, because I had to when I moved from a director role uh, to a chief executive role UK sport I had to I had to tell myself it's okay not to talk just about work. It's okay to stand there talking to people for quite a considerable length of time about about them and their lives and how they are. So uh, it was something I had to learn, had to learn to do. And I'm so glad, so glad that I did that.
0: Yeah, and I guess those personable skills, as you say, are, are so important. And you spoke then about going on to work at US, UK Sport, um, where you were CEO from 2010. Um, how was your time there? Team GB broke records, notably at the London 2012 Olympics. And um, What were your biggest achievements in that role? And what did you take from that time of your career and
1: life? I think, I think the biggest thing was about um, uh, the focus and the teamwork. Multiple organizations got behind this, um, this, uh, uh, this opportunity that we had to actually put the UK at the top, at the top of world sport that was, uh, and to, to support athletes achieving you know, outstanding medal success um at at multiple games um, so i think the focus and the teamwork um, within uk sport and across multiple organizations and the partnerships the strong partnerships that we had um, enabled so many athletes across the sports to succeed so those are the things that i i feel most proud of
0: yeah Amazing. And those teamwork and all those things you learned from those roles then sort of lead us on to where you are now um, in your role at World Netball as the president. And as I said at the start, what we're hoping to do through this podcast is tell the stories of those working behind the scenes um, that make the sport what it is and, and bring things and events to life. So I guess a lot of the Netball family might want to know a little bit about what your role is as president of World Netball and what it entails. So you were elected at the Netball World Cup in Liverpool 2019 and, and have been with World Netball as the president since then. So could you just tell us a little bit about your role and, and what it entails?
1: So the role of the president is as uh, the organisation's representative, a figurehead, advocate, uh, but specifically also chair of its strategic board. so um you know it's an important it's important as a president to be promoting and protecting the organization um it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a role I have that's to line manage the CEO uh, and ensuring that the there's a clear strategic direction um to uh, and a, and a clear strategic plan um and and sound governance that um uh, that, that yeah which is absolutely fundamental to the success of any organization so those are the those are the key roles of a, of a of a president
0: and since you've been obviously the president last year in 2021 the new strategic plan of world netball was launched um, how important do you think that is to netball's future success um, and how excited are you to see the rebrand of world netball happen and this new strategic plan launch during your time as president?
1: I think the rebrand uh, was, uh, I'll start with that one, the rebrand is important because that's the visible image of the organization. Uh, and the way that we've actually developed that brand, that, that uh, with a co- with color coding that actually reflects each of our regions as well, I think is quite powerful in, sh- in, in sort of demonstrating the importance of us working together as a whole, as a whole organization. So, um, and, and the the strategy uh, our new strategy is fundamentally important. you know we 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 had the opportunity uh, building on the previous strategy to think again about our purpose as an organization, our vision, our mission, our objectives, our strategy, because all of that leads the tactics, you know, what happens on the ground and what we do so that everything we do if you've got a very good and strong clear strategy is aligned behind making the big difference that you want to make in the world. So um, what I was really pleased about is is uh, first of all the way as a new board together we engaged and brainstormed and actually came up with some with, with outline. But then because of COVID, um, which was a uh, you know significant challenge right across our membership, uh, but it also presented an opportunity in terms of communication. So we were able to communicate on the development of our strategy. With our members at several stages, so that we can all feel throughout our membership, that we've all been a part of shaping that. Um, and I think, you know, if we all feel ownership of it and we can align behind it, and many of our nations and regions are aligning their strategies now to the same wording, uh, which, is, which is fantastic, and particularly focusing on grow, play, and inspire. So I think it's really, it's really powerful because, you know, we're, we're, we're operating in a world now where the women's sport is changing around the world. The opportunities that many other sports have are far greater than the ones that we have because of the resources that are now being made available. So the landscape around us is changing. So we have to be clear about our identity. We have to be clear about our strategy. We have to make sure all our energies are focused in making a difference in the right places. And I think that's what the work to develop the new strategy has, has achieved. Um, but you know, only time will tell we'll see we'll see in in, in you know in, in some years to come whether in fact that that actually you know the outputs um are significantly uh sort of improved by that focus
0: absolutely and do you think your time at england netball obviously england netball are one of the members of world netball so do you think your time working as the ceo there helped you when you came to world netball see the importance of each member and the membership and the regions and working collectively
1: yes uh, yeah absolutely i do i do i do understand the perspective of a ceo of a national federation i think that that helps and 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 i understand you know the ambitions of of uh, the, the, um, the the well not all our organizations of course have ceos so we, we can see some some of the growing number are having full time employees, and you know that really provides a momentum that is uh, which is which is terrific um, when when that can happen. And I, my my hope is that with our strategy um, sort of focused on on growing our reach, our revenue, and our impact, um, revenue is absolutely critical at a, at a local level and at a world netball level. So um, yeah, so I think I I come with a good understanding of where. Um, the the leaders the administrative leaders of our various national federations might be coming from, All, albeit from a long time ago. You know, there twenty years have passed in between. <laughs> so, <laughs> but 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 you know, it 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 still feels like the same sport in so many ways, uh, yeah. and, uh, and 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 the people that I've come back to work with are absolutely terrific.
0: Yeah, and that sort of leads me onto my next question, actually, because obviously you said it's been twenty years since that time and um, with your time with England netball. And we've been talking about the looking forward to the future and what advancements we want to see going forward with that reach and revenue. But what have been some of the biggest advancements in the sport in your time working with it that you know, you're most proud of all have liked to see change in the netball landscape over that time?
1: Oh, well, I think that over that 20 years that I was on the sidelines with a focus in another direction, um, uh, then the biggest change is the growth in super leagues, the professionalisation of athletes, the broadcast, the audience growth, um, uh, and uh, so so, so there's been there've been massive there've been massive changes. Um, uh, but, but but as I said earlier, we are operating in a broader landscape where other women's sports are progressing faster with the help of their male counterparts. So we should celebrate that, no doubt at all. But that's fantastic because we were created. To provide opportunities for women, and now other sports are doing that as well, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, but we, but we, we won't want to lose ground. We want we want to st- remain relevant in a changing world. Um, so, so uh, that's that's one of our challenges.
0: How do you work to overcome those challenges with the team and and build to make sure netball does keep growing in the future?
1: Well, I I, I do think it all goes back again to strategy. So if you've got the right strategy then focusing your energy and resources on delivering that will, uh, will you know, increase the profile, will increase, will, will grow you know, the number of participants, will grow the number of nations, will grow the, the, the reach, the revenue, as I said, and the impact. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's what we can do. So it's always go back whenever you're thinking about something that might need to be initiated, how does that fit within our strategy? Because there are so many things we could do, but, you know, we'll be less effective if we spread our resources thinly than and would be more effective if we really concentrate them on things that are the most important things that can make a difference for the whole of our community.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what's one thing since you've been president that you're sort of most proud of, like the tangible change that that you've seen happen in your in your tenure?
1: Well, I think there's I think there's two things. We've talked about the strategy. I think the strategy. Uh, is critical, so I'm, I'm really proud that we have collaborated to co-create that. Uh, so it's it's owned by us all, which is which is fantastic. But I'm also just proud of how everybody's worked and survived through COVID, and and how you know knowledge has been shared, so that you know so that uh, some of the challenges that are faced uh, in the competitive environment um, uh, can be addressed. By, by learning from others who have been there and, and before you. So, so I'm just proud, I'm, but, but I think the most, the most, you know, when people say to me, how are you feeling about going back into netball and being president of, of World Netball? I always say, do you know, I just love the people that I work with. There are no hidden agendas. There are no personal agendas. Everybody's in it for the right reason. And it's a fantastic cultural mix of experiences that we can share to, uh, to further develop our game. So uh, I think the I'm most proud of the, of the people that I work with.
0: Yeah, it really is a great family to be part of. And, and with that, we want to inspire more people to get involved and join our Netball family. So I just wondered, what would your advice be to someone thinking about getting involved in the administration and governance side of Netball?
1: Well, I would say if you have an interest at all in getting involved in in the governance side, which is just taking on some leadership responsibilities or shared committee responsibilities, I would say don't hold yourself back. Um, go for things beyond your reach, because you'll surprise yourself. Uh, because there are so many points in my career when it would have been easy for me to hold myself back and not go for things, but every time I surprise myself, and it's just you know. And and if somebody, the other thing I'd say is if somebody you respect thinks you can do it. You, you probably can, so, so listen to those voices of encouragement, because I had, along my career, these a number of little voices. The very first one, the voice that I heard that, that made me think I've got to listen out for those was when I was moving from school to university, a teacher, a PE teacher from another school said to me, don't lose touch with Welsh netball. That's all she said, and I was going off to Nottingham, and I thought, you know, I think she thinks I could play for, net, for, 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 for Wales one day, and 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 so I listened to it, and I went to trials, and I and I did. So I would definitely say, just listen out for those those voices of encouragement. Go for it. Go for things beyond your reach. Yeah, you'll surprise uh, yourself.
0: Yeah, and as you said, it it can start at any level. It could be at a local club level, joining yeah. the committee. It really could be anything. And I think one way at a well netball level that. Um, world netball is trying to get more people involved in that governance side is through the voice of the athlete working group which was set up in 2021 which for those listeners that don't already know it's made up of 10 athletes from the different five different regions within world netball and the athletes are all from countries ranked at different points on the world netball world rankings and they've been tasked with setting up the future world netball athletes advisory commission so How exciting is it for you from a governance point of view and as a previous player to see those athletes become more involved in the netball structure and and these various other roles off the court?
1: I think it's really, I think it's really, really exciting, particularly because they're getting involved now in something, creating something that's going to be helpful for them and for future athletes and for World Netball as a whole. So they have the opportunity to shape recommendations to be formally considered at our board. You know, and we've had representation at our board of athletes already coming to speak to us to give us updates, and that's a big, you know, it's a big opportunity for them to see to see what, see netball at a different level, and 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 that that will increase their confidence. So I I think the uh, we're you know and, and relative to other sports we're a little bit behind the curve here because many other sports have already got athlete representative groups. So it's it's timely for us to do this, um, but. But it's important for it to be created by athletes for athletes, um, and you know they've already come up with the the, the suggestion that there should be a sort of um, a pyramid approach to this, <clears throat> so there's the world level and then going down to regions and national levels. So which is, which will create a very strong structure. But the voice of the athletes should be heard. We can listen to their advice and guidance about how the game should develop in it uh, for for them and for future generations of those young athletes.
0: What a great advancement and it's very exciting that that could be a prospect to come in the future all under that strategy um, that was obviously launched last year and speaking of those athletes in our sport and the role they play we can't not speak about Birmingham with it being less than a month away until the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth
1: Games. How excited are you to head to Birmingham? (laughs) Oh, I'm really excited. You know, it is the biggest multi-sport event that we're involved in as a sport. It's a wonderful experience for our athletes. You know, for them to feel part of their nation's bigger multi-sport national team, and having the opportunity to work together in that in that bigger team um, to achieve for their nations. Um, and uh, you know, it's an invaluable platform to celebrate and showcase our sport. So I'm 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 really excited about it. It's quite a it's a, quite a unique event. And, uh, um, and and of course where oh, the netball is being showcased for the duration of it. So uh, there'll be something to say about netball or see about netball and say about netball every single day. It'll be a great event.
0: It's very exciting and we can't wait to see it in the news and, and see those players on court too. And as you said, it's gonna be a very busy time and going back to your role as World Netball President, I just wondered what your role entails in a time like that at a big multi-sport event. Um, what would your yeah, day-to-day look like at Birmingham?
1: Well, I'll be I'll be at the Netball venue from the beginning to the end. Uh, so it's an opportunity because, because of because of COVID, we haven't had an opportunity to meet individuals in leadership roles around our world um, much at all over the last over the last couple of years. So this is this is a real an opportunity to to connect with those leaders that that who, who are there. Um, and to uh, have discussions about how things are going in the national federations, um, and to to engage them in some discussions about world netball's future. So um, so th- there's there's certainly that, and there are also at, at times like this um, often other um, public bodies that want to actually meet with world netball from other nations. Maybe they're interested in bidding for future events, and uh, so we have we'll have a number of of uh, uh, meetings with ministers from some countries. Um, that, and, and of course, we'll be encouraging them to continue to support our netball colleagues. Um, so it's a, it's an advocacy role there, predominantly. And but 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 uh, spending time with our netball family representatives who are there is, is it will be invaluable. That's what I'm most looking forward to. Of course, beyond the the the, the play that's on the court, yes.
0: Yeah, very, very exciting. We can't wait to see those teams take to court and continue to grow our sport on and off the court. And to bring me on to my last question, how we're going to finish every podcast is by asking the guest one way they would like to help netball either grow, play or inspire in the future. So I guess for you, Liz, what is one more thing, if you can narrow it down to that, um, that you would like to achieve to help world netball achieve its three core strategies to grow to play and to inspire
1: um well i you know as as a president i have to concentrate on all three of those because all three are important and they're interlinked and they will support each other but but i suppose the the most recent um uh meeting that i've been involved in uh has been about the development of our new world netball foundation um so um and that's that that will be the channel through which we focus our commitment to harnessing the power of netball to change lives. So it's in its early days, but I'm excited to be working with three uh, new trustees um, from very different backgrounds, all with an, a, a massive experience to share with us and a real passion for our sport. So um, that's 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 probably the one. It, it's on my mind because the meeting was only this week as well, but it's an exciting one. It's a gap uh, for us at this point in time. So how we really bring to life the power of netball uh, to change lives in, in an evidenced way. Yeah,
0: that's so exciting. I think we're going to have another episode just on the foundation um, when we're ready to, because you're right, it really is using netball to change lives because it's so much more than just a sport. Um yeah. So, yeah, that's very exciting. Thank you for sharing that with us. And that brings me on to the end of this episode of Our Netball Family. So thank you so much for joining me today and good luck at Birmingham. I hope everything
1: goes well. Thank you, Sophie. And uh, and I'm looking forward to meeting as many people as I can up in Birmingham. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Our Netball Family, the official podcast brought to you by World Netball the sole international governing body for netball. We hope this conversation has left you feeling motivated to help world netball on its journey to grow, to play and to inspire. If it has, why not join our netball family and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Together, we can create a better world through
1: Netball.